Hello everyone and welcome to Good Morning Greece, a podcast mini-series presented by Pangolin, the conservation podcast. I'm your host, Jack Baker, and today I am coming to you for the last time from a beach in sunny Zakynthos, where all week I have been telling you about the fabulous flora and fauna of Greece. As I say, this is the last episode and I've loved this. We'll talk about, kind of recap it all at the end, but just to tip for anyone who hasn't been listening so far, we've talked about ecotourism, we've talked about mammals, we've talked about plants, we've talked about turtles, and today we are going to be talking about the birds and the bees. No, not that type. We will not have those jokes here. We are going to be talking about the literal birds and the literal bees of Greece because there are some fabulous stories and conservation messages associated with them. So I thought, why the heck not? We've talked about everybody else. We've talked about big things, small things, whatever. Time to talk about the things that fly through the air. Why not? Uh, <laughs> the swimmers of Greece get too much attention. Let's talk about the birds. Um, and So yes, uh, let's start with them since we've mentioned them. Um, there are over 400 150 species of birds that have been spotted in Greece. Um, there are 350, which of them of the better, of them which are spotted regularly. Um, and so there's a huge diversity of birds here um, in Greece. Um, it's an incredibly important spot for them for a number of reasons. Um, so some of them um, are here, huge numbers of their population are found here. So for example, the uh, Eleonora's falcon, 80% of their population is found in Greece. Um, and while there are no endemic species, so there's none that are exclusively found here, when there's 80% of your population found in one place, it makes it an incredibly important stronghold for a species. So got to protect things like the falcon that are found so in such huge numbers and such a huge proportion of their population here. It is also a very important spot for migratory birds. So birds that, don't, or that are traveling up and down or left or right or wherever they're going, um, Greece is found right on the intersection of Asia, Africa and Europe. So wherever these birds are going, um, this is a fantastic stop-off point for them. There are 10,000 islands, so much to choose from. Lots of beaches to enjoy, clubs, bars. No, uh, they, they need to come here to stop over on their migratory routes. So it's an incredibly important spot for those types of birds as well. Now, but despite all that fact, despite the fact it's incredibly important, there are threats to birds here. Things like tourism kind of um, affecting kind of lights and misguiding and doing this and doing that and clearing the beaches and kind of making it difficult for nest sites or hotels clearing nests or whatever it is. These are huge, huge uh, issues for birds. But the um, good thing is, is that uh, a lot of hotels, as we said in the ecotourism episode, are doing good supportive work. So go to a hotel like the one I'm staying at, where they've got signs up saying, we will not clear birds' nests, we'll not do this, we'll support nature, we love nature, we value nature. Um, so there's things you can do to help protect the, the birds despite the threats. There's also threats of agriculture, things like pesticides being used, which um, that can kill the birds. There have been intentional poisonings of things like falcons here. So all sorts of stuff going on that, to be aware of. Um, but the good thing to rest assured of is that there are incredible organisations like the Hellenic... Ortho I always forget this. <laughs> I always would say Hellenic Orthodontist Association. That's wrong. That's, uh, that would be teeth. <laughs> the, <laughs> the Hellenic Ornithologists... Um, 
who, um, organization who is kind of uh, working to protect the birds of Greece. So they're doing fantastic, fantastic, amazing work to make sure that they stay safe. Um, now, of course, birds, like every other animal um, here in Greece, feature in a lot of history and myth and legend. Um, there are huge numbers of stories which contain birds, which help us to value and understand birds. Um, things that they're again used as punishments used as rewards used as all sorts of tools by the gods um and so i thought i'd tell you some of that as well now we've got the conservation stuff out of the way let's talk about some of the myths and legends so perhaps the first one who should we start with let's think about let's talk about the national animals first why not we talk about the national birds of greece um, the first of course is the little owl the little owl, which you may have seen, it's a very iconic image of Greece. It's this little owl, funnily enough, um, with big, big round eyes, um, often associated with the goddess Athena. And the reason for that is that it is the symbol of knowledge and of discovery and of curiosity. Um, all of these things that uh, Athena stood for and all of the things that Greece stands for as well. Um, of course, the owl is a perfect representation of this because it can see very well in the dark. It can guide you through the darkness through the night to the answers that you're looking for. So a fantastic, uh, I think, representation of knowledge. I love it. We've had in our house, since my parents visited years and years ago, we've had one of these owls hanging, um, an owl of Athena or an owl of Minerva, if you're perhaps more familiar with the Roman canon. Um, so yes, a fantastic representation. These little owls, they're not creatures of myth don't worry you can see one in real life if you want to they're found all across europe um and so yeah a fantastic representation of knowledge and the journey for knowledge and truth um you'll also find a number of other uh, species are important to greece one of the the kind of other national birds um if we can call it a bird i'd call it more of a mythical legend um but a bird nonetheless is the phoenix. Uh, the phoenix is associated with Greece because it is a symbol of endurance, of power, of strength, and all of the kind of trials and tribulations that Greece has gone through over history. Um, and I think that's a fabulous, it's a good combination, isn't it? An owl for knowledge and a phoenix for endurance. A fantastic, wonderful combination of things. Um, now, those are the national animals. There are also other myths and legends about birds, of course. Um, there are, they appear in all sorts of things. There's a, a, perhaps a short one I can tell you to start us with. The story of Cygnus. Cygnus, when his lover passed away, wailed and wailed and wailed and wailed and wailed till the gods could take it no, no more. So the gods turned Cygnus into a cygnet, a swan, the mute swan, where he could no longer scream and cry and cry and cry, which seems a bit harsh. But as a reward for his kind of, uh, his trials, his tribulations, um, Cygnus um, was raised up to the heavens where he now sits as a constellation. And the Cygnet, the swan, um, the baby swan, is now named after Cygnus still to this very day. So incredible little story for you just to get us uh, started on the myths. Um, you can also find birds in the story of Heracles. Um, a lot of you will probably... I'd side note, a lot of people more call him Hercules. Hercules, I think, is the Roman name. Heracles is the Greek name, despite the fact that in the Disney pop, popular Disney film, he's Hercules. I think, apparent in, in real kind of Greek mythology, he is Heracles, which is quite interesting. Well, in the story of Heracles, he has to undertake 
10 tasks, which does get extended due to unfortunate coincidences, but 10 tasks uh, originally that will win him his freedom and cleanse his soul from a crime that he has committed. And one of those tasks are going to fight the, uh, st- I always pronounce it wrong, Stromelian? Strophelian? Strophelian, I think, birds, which are huge crow-like animals with huge claws and huge kind of sharp beaks, almost like they're made of metal. They are indestructibly um, kind of nasty and big and scary birds. And these birds attack Heracles. They swoop down and it's incredibly difficult for him to fight back and combat the animals because he is uh, sinking into a swamp at the time. He's (laughs) waist deep in water. He's trying to climb out, fight birds, not sink. All of this going on around him. It's very, very stressful. But uh, eventually he manages to get out and using a tool crafted by Hephaestus, the god of the kind of forge who kind of creates all the weapons for the gods. Um, He shakes a loud kind of rattle um, created by him, by Hephaestus, and it scares the birds away. While they are fleeing, Heracles takes the opportunity to shoot them down with arrows that have been poisoned with the blood of the Hydra, killing them instantly. Um, Which is quite an interesting challenge, a bit different from some of the other ones. That one's just straight violence. Usually we have some kind of uh, myth behind them, that's just straight violence. Um, (laughs) But these birds, some of them survive, don't worry, the conservationists out there, some of them do survive, and they go on to play a role in the story and the journey of Jason uh, and the Argonauts to go and collect the Golden Fleece. So they do make it out, some of them, and they do go on. Um, some of the other birds, who else? Who else is a bird of myth that we should talk about? Oh, Hera. Hera has a bird that is associated with her, the queen of the gods, the queen of heaven. Um, of course, she would have a regal bird, and her regal bird is the peacock. Um, now, the reason that Hera has a peacock is actually really, really interesting. So, um, when she was uh, married, of course, she is married to Zeus. And much like the story I told you last time, she often caught Zeus having affairs. And there was once she caught Zeus having an affair with um, a beautiful, incredible woman named Io. Now, Io um, was kind of wonderful, was uh, fantastic. And dependent on the version of the story to kind of quell the jealousy of Hera, either Hera turned her into a cow or Zeus, to hide her from Hera, um, turned um, Io into a cow. Whatever happens, um, Io ends up as a cow. Um, and to stop um, Zeus from reproducing, because he was known, he was not the most fine of gentlemen. He was known, to, he could transform into animals himself. So he would have transformed himself into a cow and still cheated on Hera. Um, to stop that from happening, um, Hera gave um, Io the cow to her lovely um, friend uh, and monster Argos. Now Argos had a hundred eyes and those hundred eyes were used to watch Io at every step of the way. She couldn't escape, there was no getting away, even though, I mean, she was a cow. She wasn't moving anywhere particularly gracefully, but they needed those hundred eyes to make sure she couldn't escape. Well, over time, of course, Zeus started to feel a little bit bad. He started to feel a little bit awkward. Oh, I've had an affair again. Um, and now the woman's being punished by my wife. Oh, kind of feels bad. So what Zeus did is he sent one of his sons, uh, Hermes, the messenger god, to try and free um, Io, the lovely Io. And what he did was he sent... Um, uh, Hermes and Hermes blinded all 100 of um, 
all 100 of the eyes of Argos and then killed the, the monster that was guarding Io. Io escaped, gets away. However, um, poor Hera is left then with a dead Argos. She's devastated, she's upset. And to represent his beautiful, incredible eyes, she turns those eyes into the feathers of the peacock, which still look like they have a hundred eyes looking at you today. So I think a fabulous, beautiful story all about peacocks that, um, yeah, and their foundation and their beginning, which is wonderful and interesting. And yeah, um, I think uh, another kind of, yeah, great representation of myth, a great kind of start to the story of a bird and another way to make you fall even more in love with nature um, like you did with the plants yesterday. Um, So yeah, I think that's all the myths of birds I wanted to tell you. We had... um, Athena's owl, we had, um, who else? We had the phoenix, we had um, Argos turning into a peacock, we had the birds that fought Heracles. Um, Maybe if I think of another one, I'll let you know, but I think that's them all. There's a lot of birds out there. I think what's really important, actually, side note, is that you should all go and Google some of these stories and find out your own favourite ones, because there are so many of them out there. Side note. Uh, Sorry. Uh, And then, of course, we talked about birds. Uh, We wanted to talk also about bees um, this morning um, just to give it a funny title basically, uh, no uh, I wanted to appreciate the little things and bees of course incredibly important, bees have played again a huge important role in mythology and they play a hugely important role in nature, they are the pollinators on which our world relies relating slightly to the plant episode yesterday I suppose, much of our plant life across Greece and the world will rely on bees and pollinators making sure that they stay um, pollinated and they get pollinated and they spread and they grow um, and so incredibly incredibly important and there are organizations across um across Greece um, that are working to protect them. They are working to kind of make sure that these pollinators despite the fact that there are hotels being built that there are things going on that are kind of destroying the landscape which bees usually rely on. There are people working to protect them. Don't worry uh, <laughs> But please, uh, if you can do things for your own pollinators in your own places, plant wildflowers. Do these things to kind of help protect them because it can make a huge, huge difference. Now, while you think about where you're going to be planting those wildflowers, I have a couple more stories for you. Um, There's, of course, the story of the first bee and the first bee sting, which I would like to tell you. Um, So let's get started with with that one. And that story goes that Melissa um, was a little bee, a little worker bee, um, and she kind of um, worked away, she she made her honey, she did whatever, and one day she heard of an opportunity. And that opportunity was the wedding of Zeus and Hera, before it all went south with all the affairs. uh, They got married and they had a grand banquet to celebrate the occasion. Now, at that banquet, um, they had a competition. They thought, let's do, um, I don't know, like... Bake Off slash Master slash whatever it is, crossed with a wedding. Uh, and we'll have a competition to see who can make the greatest, most wonderful food. Who can bring it along, um, almost like a magical, godly potluck dinner. Um, who can do the best? Um, and so when Melissa heard of this, she thought, I know what I'll bring. I will bring the honey. And when she did, she brought the honey along. She sat at the back. She had this little pot. Little pot. Everyone else had grand spreads. And she just had this little pot of goo. Um, which 
I suppose you'd think wouldn't maybe go down well. Gods, they're used to ambrosia that would kind of keep them alive, would um, <laughs> give them all of the sustenance they need. Um, but in fact, no, they, they wanted and they needed to, to taste all of these human foods. And they got along and they kind of um, looked at all the grand things. They looked at the banquet. They looked at the big, huge piles of meat. They looked at the big, huge piles of kind of foods and fruits and vegetables and all sorts piled in front of them. And they kind of tasted and, uh, and this and that and the next thing. And Melissa got more and more nervous because she thought, oh, I just have a little pot of, a little pot of honey. What am I going to do? They're going to hate it. Oh, <laughs> that was a good, I didn't even mean that. That was a good interpretation slash B impression. And um, so she was buzzing away nervously to herself. Um, and eventually Zeus came along to pour a little Melissa and she, he dunked his finger in the pot of honey and he, he tasted it. And Zeus, Zeus smiled and he, he laughed and he, he thought, hmm, this is different. This is, is this ambrosia? Has she found, somehow cheated the gods? Um, and so Zeus looked down at Melissa and, Melissa and said, Melissa, what is this? How have you created this godly thing? What is this? And she said, oh, this, oh, my Lord Zeus, this is honey. This is honey. I made it myself. And Zeus says, I don't need to taste anymore. Hera, taste this. This is the winner. And so as her reward, Zeus turns to Melissa and says, Melissa, I ask of you, you can have anything you want. What would you like from, um, from me? I can grant you any, any wish. Um, which I think, genie in a bottle moment, what would you ask for? What would you want? What would you do? Uh, it's a challenge. And so Melissa thought and she thought and she thought and she thought, oh, she, oh, what do I do? What do I do? What do I do? She says, well, I know what I'm going to going to ask for so she looks up at Zeus and she says Zeus I, I, this is a lot to ask for but but but, but I am, I'm, I'm very nervous and I I, I think I, I I try and I try and make the honey and I make so much honey but even that small pot that, that you've just eaten it took me so 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 many months to make what I need is for you to to help me by giving me friends, by giving me lots more bees, and by giving me protection. You've given the scorpion a sting that can burn, the wasp a sting that can destroy and kill. I have nothing like that. I am I am just a poor little uh, little little bee. I have nothing to help produce the the honey that that I make. And Zeus looked down at Melissa angrily, and she became nervous and he said how dare you ask me the god um, of all (laughs) to give you the power of life and death that is a power reserved only for certain things to ask for such a gift is ignorant it is rude and it is asking too much of me and melissa thought well but 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 you said you could send i could have anything and zeus looked more and more angry and so he cursed poor Melissa and he said Melissa you all you can do is produce this honey that's all you will do you will produce the honey from now on for me and what in punishment I will give you a stinger you will have the gift that you desire you will have a thing that will could grant life or death could punish those who try and steal from you but if you use it you too shall die. You sting and your entire insides will be pulled out of you. And so that is how the bee got its stinger. It was pulled uh, from Zeus in a kind of uh, way in which he was, he was challenging. He was, uh, he was 
granting a wish, he was getting round the issue of making a promise, um, but he was still um, kind of uh, not willing to give. He was still being his classic Zeusy self of being like helpful, but also someone who would go on to be an adult earl and not that nice all the time. Um, so, an interesting story uh, nonetheless about how the bee got its stinger and the bee goes on in Greek myth to mean so much I think it's Aristeus um, is the Greek god of bees um, and honey and kind of he features in a lot of myths he plays a prominent role in the story of uh, in some versions of the story of Orpheus and Eurydice um, where Orpheus um, has to go down into hell to rescue the soul of Eurydice after Aristeus accidentally kills her or is responsible for her death Um, so yeah, the, the the bees and the honey and the gods that are associated with the play a huge, 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 huge role in myth. And so, yeah, another interesting uh, kind of animal-related tale for you there um, to to enjoy. Now, I feel like I've been talking for a long time. I, I hope you've enjoyed hearing about some of the, the birds, the myths, the legends um, with me this week. I I guess I need to wrap up. I don't want to go. Um, That brings us to the end of the series. Um, We've talked, as I said in episode one, about ecotourism, my top five ecotourism tips. We talked in episode two about all sorts of kind of different um, turtle facts. We talked about me spotting turtles. We talked about all sorts of stuff like that. Um, In episode three, we talked about um, the marine mammals, um, dolphins and monk seals. In episode we talked about plants and today we are finishing off as I said with birds and bees and it's just been an absolute pleasure I hope that the warmth of the sun that is beating down on me has come into my voice and infested the microphone and then gone through to you and you have learned something that you've cherished a story or you've found something that you can tell maybe you've learned a little bit more about where some of our scientific language comes from about kind of how arachne and signet and all sorts of stories like that came into to play and how um, they and impacted our language still when we talk about animals i hope you've cherished hearing the myths you've maybe found a love for greek mythology i thought you've i hope you've heard a conservation message i hope you want to visit greece now i hope all of these things um are are true and i i i just i can't say enough thank yous for supporting the show and for supporting this idea um that that i had to, to kind of have these podcasts every day while while i was away now um yeah, I don't want to say bye. Now, if you do want to uh, <laughs> to support the show, I go back to, to listening to our regular episodes. What you can do is follow us on social media. We're at Pangolin Podcast. And you can also subscribe to the show on your podcast streaming service of choice so you don't miss out on anything um, as well. You can also make sure and kind of, yeah, leave us a review. If you've enjoyed this week, please let us know. I'd love to know because if I go away again somewhere exciting and interesting, I'd love to know if you wanted to hear similar things. So let me know. Um, Either, yeah, tweet or do whatever and let us know that as well. Um, I'm rambling now because I don't want to end the episode. Um, But uh, I guess it is time to say for the last, last, last time, Thank you all from the bottom of my heart. Love you all. You are the best. You are fantastic. And yes, until next time. Goodbye, Greece. (laughs) (laughs) Bye-bye.